Quote, over the past few years, black bears have faced unprecedented habitat loss due to climate change and wildfires. And continued sport hunting in California makes survival an even tougher climb. It's time we stop this inhumane practice once and for all. I mean, how many times have you gone out hunting where you don't see a buck, but, you know, you'll see two or three bears. I know it's definitely my case hunting in D345. So being involved and when you see those emails come out about these things, be involved, contact your state senators and tell them that you support hunting and and you support sound um, wildlife management through science and you know, after, like right now, I'm encouraging people, contact your state senator again and let him know. Thank you for for pulling that bill and uh, and speaking up on behalf of hunters and, and, and our wildlife. So uh, people just need to keep it on the on the radar. And just remember, just because we won this battle, now the war still goes on. And don't, don't let this be a death by a thousand cuts. to the RNA Outdoors podcast hosted by Lucas Paw. Our purpose is to help educate and inspire within you a renowned passion for the outdoors. So join us as we speak with experts in the industry to share insight and knowledge that helps make hunters and anglers more successful. Quote, over the past few years, black bears have faced unprecedented habitat loss due to climate change and wildfires, and continued sport hunting in California makes survival an even tougher climb. It's time we stop this inhumane practice once and for all. Close quote. Senator Scott Weiner, Democratic Senator in the state of California. So interesting um, opening here, but uh, that was uh, actually the um, the introductory um, comment that um, Mr. Weiner um, had provided to um, basically public comment when he was proposing uh, Assembly Bill or Senate Bill 252, which is basically the proposal to end um, sport hunting of black bears uh, in the state of California. So, um, you know, the interesting part about this is, is that, you know, this is not to say that bears will not be managed in the state of California because bears do come into conflict uh, with public safety, livestock. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of stories around um, predation of fawn, you know, from from uh, California deer around fawn populations. So, you know, they will be killed by the state of California with a growing bear population. You know, this will just add up to a heck of a lot more bears. So when you really think about it, um, you know, the state is going to put basically more burden on its taxpayers by paying government sanctioned shooters to eliminate bears, which is something that hunters, you know, obviously gladly will do. Um, and, and, you know, the numbers don't lie right now. There's a 1700 bear quota that California nets roughly around $1.39 million in revenue from tag sales, um, and any money that may come from, you know, Pittman Robinson act. So, you know, you think about a sportsman, 
and we know that money doesn't just go to benefit bears, right? It, it goes to a much broader fund um, that's earmarked for all of conservation uh, by the state of California, which again kind of gets to our North American, you know, model of wildlife conservation. So it's a very controversial subject right now, um, and uh, you know. Clearly, in the in the heart of California, um, you know, we're going to talk more about it. The the sheer amount of hunters in this state, um, and in in really the the outcry that came out of this um, proposal, um, ended up actually getting um, pushed down on Monday. Um, Senator Weiner repealed um, the Senate Bill two five two, basically stated that there were other emerging issues uh, in the state uh, in terms in midst of the pandemic and other things happening, which. Um, you know, and again, and I think, you know, we've all talked about it, uh, you know, really there was not a premise for, for this bill, even in the first place to be, to be put in place. So, um, anyway, so with that kind of opening, I want to bring in our guest tonight, who is the chair of the California chapter of the backcountry hunters and anglers or other words known as, uh, BHA, uh, and a good friend of mine as well, someone I've, I've known and, and met through, um, you know, some hunting organizations uh, in the past and also known um, through BHA and also a former uh, and also a, a colleague and a California resident as well, Nick Zagarias. So, hey, Nick, how you doing, man? I'm good. How you doing, bud? Well, you know, after Monday, I feel a heck of a lot better. I don't know about you, but um, up until Monday... You know, you and I were talking and, uh, you know, we're talking about, man, we need to get on the horn together and start talking about this and really, you know, pushing the narrative around the precedent that this could set potentially in the state of California around banning bears. So, you know, timing is is different now. Things have changed. But, you know, I think I said it in a post before, you know, I think we won the battle here, but the war has just begun. So anyway, maybe Nick, just talk a little bit about uh, yourself uh, and uh, kind of the position that you hold in the state of California. Yeah, well, like you said, I'm the uh, I'm the chair of the California chapter of the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. And for us, um, you know, I always like to say that we might not have the per capita of hunters that other states like Wyoming or Montana have, but just by pure population, we have a lot more hunters because, I mean, just think about how many people are not only hunting in California itself, but, you know, they're hunting all over, um, not just the United States, but the world. I mean, it's funny, man. I dropped off my, um, my elk for, um, to get a Euro mount done and my taxidermist had stuff from, Spain. He had stuff from New Zealand. I mean, it was crazy. So just think about that. I mean, just in my little area alone, I live in Auburn, um, just outside of Sacramento and the foothills. And my little taxidermist here, I mean, he's got stuff coming from all over the world. So mm-hmm. we definitely have a lot of hunters here in the state. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, and, and so maybe we can just kind of dive into it, right? And and you come from, you know, ad- advocacy from kind of the BHA side of it. You know, I come from, a, um, I would say, a very similar um, kind of opinion on all of this. But, um, you know, when you really think about, when I talked about the precedent of, you know, banning black bear hunting, this this actually goes back to the 90s when mountain lion hunting w- was banned in the early 90s. And then you fast forward to, you know, 2010, 2012, where um, hounding of bobcats and bears 
was made illegal or banned. And then from there, you had quotas that have never been touched, right? It's a 1,700 bear quota in the state. Last year, there was over 900 bears taken, I believe, was around the number. But what we're seeing is a success story around black bear populations in the state where, you know, over the course of the last 20 to 30 years, we've seen a a twofold increase uh, in the population um, of black bears. But Nick, from your stance, I mean, what what does this say and what does this do for you guys in terms of, um, I guess, the direction that you guys go now knowing that this is a threat to the state of California? Well, like anything, anytime a bill gets gets put forth, the first thing they want to do is throw out a feeler to kind of judge its popularity. And um, I saw a whole bunch of different um, websites talking about uh, through conservation work, how many people contacted their a state politician, but I, I, the last number I saw was over 27,000 people um, hunting conservation either called, emailed, or sent a letter directly um, to their state senator, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, all the conservation groups, we all got together, um, and it was it was amazing just just to have a bill, not even it, just in its infancy, pretty much get shot down just from everybody just getting together and and everybody getting on the same page which was which was awesome and i couldn't even imagine if that bill would have gone forth to a vote how many people would have would have contacted but just to have that many people involved was was humbling on on the side of um i'm just one person and one conservation group but think of how many people from whether it be bha to california deer association california waterfowl association uh, Rocky Mountain Elk. I mean, everybody got together and really, really lit the fires under their uh, under their membership and said, "Hey, we need to contact and and um, get the word out." So it definitely, the word was out. And you know, unfortunately, this was more of a feeler. This is one of those bills where, just like you brought out in the '90s, they banned uh, bobcat. I mean, um, mountain lion hunting. Um, then they banned hunting bears with hounds. Then they banned bobcat. So We'll never see a bill that directly bans hunting, but it's death by a thousand cuts, you know. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon, the only thing left to be hunt will, you know, maybe deer during a certain certain season that nobody can really access. So, I mean, it's that's how that's how hunting will die in our state unless we really step forward and use our advocacy and, and be known and, and get out there and, and establish those relationships with our uh, with our congressional officials. So. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just really awesome to see that many people step forward and, and contact um, their local politicians. You know, and you brought out the um, the bear numbers now. You know, in, in 1982, uh, California Department of Fish and Wildlife did a study. They said um, bear populations were between 10 and 15,000. And then they did a study uh, a couple years ago, and they're finding now that bears are between 30 and 40,000. So, um Bears are not endangered. Bears aren't even threatened. In fact, their populations are thriving right now. So it's just one of those things where they like to take advantage of, uh, of a bad situation with things like wildfires going on right now and trying to say that they don't have habitat. But, I mean, how many times have you gone out hunting where you don't see a buck, but, you know, you'll see two or three bears? I know it's definitely my case hunting in D345. So mm-hmm. no, it's, uh, yeah. it's disturbing. You, you you bring up a great point. I mean, I've hunted Northern California, and, and the probability of seeing a um, a legal bear, right, which is basically a you know a boar or a 
um, you know, basically a sow that doesn't have cubs, you're going to have a higher probability of finding a legal bear than probably a legal buck. And you're 100% right. And in and, and that comment that I opened with, I, I, I wanted to start with that because it's interesting when we talk about how it's unprecedented habitat loss due to wildfires. Well, here's a funny thing. It's not only bears. Every animal that lives in the forest has to deal with the same habitat loss, right? It's not only bears, but making their survival rates an even tougher climb and to stop an inhumane practice, right? It it reeks of political injustice, if you ask me. And, and when you think about I guess the bigger scope and the bigger scheme, you, you hit on it earlier about how this is a global issue, right? You said, you know, you're in taking your taxidermy, your elk in, and you're seeing animals from all over the world. Well, let me tell you, this isn't the first place that bears have been banned, right? British Columbia, uh, about three years ago, um, basically stated that because bears are considered a charismatic species, right, and they got basically public opinion polls in a majority of people to to agree on this, they banned grizzly bear hunting uh, in British Columbia, right? And and again, and a lot of people throw out, you know, the science piece and the emotional piece and the feelings piece and all of that stuff aside, right? This all becomes really a political agenda at the end of the day. Um, and, and oh, by the way, right, who's leading, you know, who's the lead sponsor behind this bill? It's the Humane Society of the United States. So when you really put all this together, you know, it, it doesn't take, um, you know, I'd say a, a PhD to really, you know, dissect this thing and understand, you know, kind of where this thing is coming from. But um, again, that alone, um, you know, should tell you, um, you know, that this bill is suspect and the fact that yet it's another step down the slippery slope of throwing sound wildlife management out the window, you know, because reality is scary and it's very uncomfortable. And, and, you know, people think, um, that, you know, because they can, they would classify this as a charismatic species that they, to your point has to be protected or it's threatened. And it's quite the opposite of that to your point in the, in the bear populations and estimates that you talked about. So, um, it, it's, and I don't know where you stand with it, Nick, and maybe where, where BHA stands with it, but my view is that it's very, very political um, in that a lot of these Senate bills or assembly bills that come at us um, kind of from a hunting and conservation standpoint, they're very political. There is emotion behind them. They're typically not driven by by good facts and good science, and and that's an issue, right? Uh, because why have biologists, why have California Fish and Wildlife um, if we're not going to use the data uh, and all the work that they put into this. So I don't know if you have any thoughts or comments around, um, you know, where you think some of this, um, activity comes from. No. And, uh, just to kind of answer your question, how BHA feels about it. Um, we're always an advocate for not only public lands, but a science and fact based wild uh, management, you know, for, for our nation's wildlife. So, um, just to go off of a bill, off of off of the feel good factor, um, that's definitely not where not where we sit. Now, if, if Fish and Game came forward and said our, our wildlife needs uh, or, or bears, for, for as an example, need um, we need to bring the numbers back, maybe. And this is how this is how wildlife management is done. They'll look at the at the numbers of tags uh, available, how many were filled, the overall population, and then that's how they come up with with how many tags are available. So mm-hmm. if they were to say, Hey, the, you know, the black bear is on a decline. Um, we need to cut the, the amount of tags sold down to you know, 500, for example. Um, you know, the science is the science and we would support that, but just to have a bill 
go forward um, that says, based on nothing but well, we think that uh, due to the environmental changes and fires and and um, the sportsmen killing too many bears, we need to we need to ban the practice. That's definitely we definitely don't agree with it, and our actions have showed that. You know, we we really um, encouraged our members to contact um, the, our, their state senators, which they did. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, kind of to go along with with the verbiage that you quoted um, from uh, Weiner earlier, you know, there was thirty thousand three hundred ninety four bear tags sold, and that brought in almost one point four million dollars. That goes um, toward actual habitat uh, restoration and 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 the biology and the research. And to to have that taken out of the California Department of Fish and Wildlife's budget would be would be drastic. So. Um, while, while that bill basically says it's, it's here to help the bears, it's actually going to hurt the bears in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, so yeah, so you think about like, and that's a good that's a good segue when you think about so like so what's next, right? So we've talked about the proposal, we, we've talked about you know kind of some of the facts, and, and the facts are the facts. You can go Google the facts, you know, all day long, and anyone that 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 knows anything about, you know, any type of increasing population can see that. And again, in my opinion, there's a narrative here and it's a successful narrative. And it's something that I think organizations need to push. And the success story is, is what we've seen with, with how we've, we've modeled and managed black bears in the state of California. Right. And they've been managed and <clears throat> there's been a quota, right. There's been a 1700 bear quota used to be, I think 2000 years ago was dropped to 1700. Look at units in California and the Sierras like Goodale, the G3 tag. There used to be 35 tags for that hunt in December. Well, now there's 25 tags, right? Well, what they've realized is, is they're trying to manage, um, you know, the age class of the mule deer in that group, in that herd. So, and that's good wildlife management. That's what you have to do to, to, you know, to bring back certain genetics or certain, you know, age class of animals. It's, you look at Utah and the Ponsagant, they do cactus hunts where they take out bad genetic bucks, right? So that's where biologists, you know, that's where they actually do their work and, and do their science and, and provide for a good experience for a hunter who, you know, you know as good as well as I do to draw that good deal tag. It could take someone twenty some years to do that, right? They want people to have a good experience. But to me, it's not much of a stretch to see, you know, where all this is going, right? In the long run, and if you've got the humane society pushing for more and more predator hunting bans, you know, across more and more states, and again, they're citing public opinion polls, right? They're they're not they're not citing good science fact based um, decisions here. Um, you know, for me, it starts with predators. Uh, and I think what's next, and you talked about it, it, is sport hunting. And and that's concerning because when you think about elk, deer, antelope, um, upland birds, waterfowl, all those things that California provides, right? The goal in my mind is to end hunting uh, and is accomplished again by kind of taking those small bites out of the North American model of wildlife conservation. And over a long period of time, that's, that's what they want to do. So, you know, predator hunting is a start. Trapping is is another piece of this that they've done. Uh, and again, that's 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 not where they're going to end. So, um, so so you talked about it, right? What are some things people can do? You can you know contact your um, state senators, your representatives. You know, let them know um, and stand up for how you feel about this. There was you know there was a um, there was a uh, petition going around. Obviously, there was just a lot of real quick energy 
that that hit with this. And what I thought was interesting with it, and I want to get your take on it, is it wasn't all you know folks really advocating from California. I saw people from all over the globe. You know, I saw people from the from the um, you know the Western Bear Foundation, which I think is run out of Cody, Wyoming. I saw people over, um, you know, Bear Magazine. Clay Newcomb was very vocal about. It. I mean, there were people all over the globe um, speaking out about this, and I think what they realized was is the precedent that this could set right in the state here that it now opens up the doors um, across the rest of the U.S. So I don't know, interesting interesting to see the uh, again the the uprise. Uh, and the grassroots really, um, you know, advocacy from everyone, um, from all those organizations come together. So I don't know if you have any thoughts or comments about that. No, I mean, it's, it's awesome to see that because um, as, as a hunting as a collective, whether it be if you live in Maine or Florida or, you know, Saskatchewan, California, we're all in this together. And if you look at politically, um, look at our climate now, um, how California goes generally, the rest of the United States goes. So just because you're able to hunt bears in Montana or Idaho right now, um, if they look at how easy it was to ban bear hunting in, in California, don't think that within you know eight to 10 years that the same bill won't be knocking on your door in one of those other states. And um, so uh, it, when we see those bills, like there's one in uh, there's one in Montana right now that um, I, I I'd highly encourage everybody to get involved in. Um, they're trying to say 60% of the tags um, sold would require um, hiring an outfitter. So again, somebody that likes to hunt out of state, um, I don't want that to happen. I like to do all my hunts DIY, and I know you do as well. So. Um, just yeah. having the support of everybody and and you know picking the kicking the the tires and lighting fires is the way to go. So mm-hmm. when you see bills like this, just because it isn't in your backyard doesn't mean it won't be soon. Yep. So it's extremely important as a hunting as a group that we all get together and and make sure that you know we keep our heritage alive. You know, and yeah, and that's a good point. So you know, so this this one in Montana, I've actually kind of remained silent on it for for a couple reasons, but. You know, I've, I've, I've listened and I've viewed people's arguments on both sides of this one. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm technically still, I still get a Montana, um, hunting license, resident license and elk tag and deer tag every year through the come home and hunt. Cause I was born and raised there and I had my hunting safety there. So I get to come back basically and hunt as a resident, but I'm still a non-resident, right? And when I apply for, um, trophy deer, elk, um, sheep, moose and goat, I'm in the non-resident pool, just like anyone else who's a non-resident, but it's interesting. And I agree. Like for me, I don't, I don't use outfitters, right? And the only time I'd use an outfitter is if I had to go to BC and hunt stone sheep, or if I had to go to, um, you know, if I had to go hunt wilderness in Wyoming for something, you got to have a, you know, an outfitter or a resident. So there are certain circumstances where it's required, but Montana is a place where, yeah, I go load up my truck and I go elk hunt every fall. And then I go back and I deer hunt with my family over Thanksgiving. Right. So yeah, that would definitely impact um, someone like me from the ability to do that. Now, do I know outfitters? Do I know people that have leased land? Yeah, I could probably make it work. A lot of people don't have that connection. But here's the other side of the argument. When you look at it from the residents' standpoint in Montana, they love it. 
right? And most of them that are speaking out are saying, you know what, I don't mind if 60% of the tags are on all the leased and private lands under outfitters where that allows me to go out and actually hunt public land that's completely overrun by hunters anymore. And that's what the Montana folks talk about is how many out-of-state hunters are coming into Montana. But at the same token, right, it's 1100 bucks a tag for a non-resident to come in and hunt. That's a huge revenue stream for Montana. So they could technically lose revenue as a basis for this type of regulation that they want to apply. So it, it's interesting. I, like I said, I haven't, I've kind of remained silent on it because I've got mixed feelings about which way it goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's stuff like this that, um, you know, it, 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 it's interesting that this is the direction that some of the states want to go because I think at the end of the day, it can be damaging to um, really the, the, the source of revenue that a lot of these states could bring in. Because I'll tell you, and you're probably like me, if you had to go to a state and had to hire an outfitter, you're probably not going to go there, right? I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't have any desire to. No, and I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't done an out-of-state hunt with a guide. I'm, I'm a DIY kind of guy, but I mean, if somebody else wants to do it, more power to them. But um, I'm all about somebody having the, the choice. You mm-hmm. know, if, if you want, if you want to go, if you're going to pay the tag and, and you want the highest amount of success, by all means, you know, that's why. That's why guides are out there because, you know, they're running a lucrative business and they want to make sure that you're getting the, the animal that you want to get and you're having the best time they possibly can. Yep. Then there's people like me that like to go out there and uh, generally don't get it done and suffer the whole time. So <laughs> I, but either way, either way, the state is uh, is making money, just like you said. And um, we're kind of unique in California where um, while our tag sales fund a lot of stuff, a lot of it is funded through the state budget where you look at a state like Montana or Idaho with majority of their funding for their, um, whether it be the department of fish and game or fish and wildlife, whatever they call it, department of natural resources, a majority of their funding is coming from the out of state tags. So mm-hmm. you know, just like you mentioned, it could really, it could really hurt, um, you know, the wildlife management later on yep. to, to pass a bill like that. So yep. um, th- that, that's kind of my thoughts. Yeah, but I mean, to your point, I mean, it's it's interesting, you know, California becomes under fire on, you know, black bears, and then you, you hear about, you know, this assembly bill going on in Montana about this. I mean, it it's constant, right? And, and that I think that's part of it. I think part of it is, is, you know, like I said, there's all these little battles going on, but there's this huge war that's happening, you know, all around us. And, uh, and it is, and, and it, it's a marathon, right? I mean, there's all these little, you know, 100-yard dash races amongst this marathon. And if you win enough of those little 100-yard dash races, you know, you can defend off some of this regulation that does get promulgated and doesn't make it through the legislative process. But their goal is in this end, in the, in the, in the end of the 26 miles, right, that, uh, you know, they really want to cease hunting um, and you know, whether it's in California, look what's happening in Oregon. There's a lot of stuff happening in Oregon too. Um, so, you know, it's, it, I think globally it's concerning. Um, it's good to see that we have, um, you know, all of the advocates out there, um, that are working towards the same, you know, common denominator. I mean, I, I talked with Safari Club International, um, late last week regarding, um, the bear ban, cause they know I was, I was pretty vocal about it, um, and stepped up. And so I had a call, um, with some of their folks and, and, uh, just interacted with a lot of different organizations that I normally don't interact with. But, um, 
you know, it, it's important. And, and like you said, that we do step up and we do speak, you know, um, if it's something that's impacting us and, and what happens, at least for me, is it becomes personal, right? And when it becomes personal, um, that's when I, you know, that's when I typically, you know, I, I call it my relief valve starts to pop and, and I start, you know, kind of going and ranting a little bit. But um, I don't know, maybe we can just sew up the black bear subject here. And, and so, and I think we talked about it, right. This isn't done. You know, we won the first, we won the first race here, but, um, this is going to come back. We're going to see it in a different form or fashion. Um, they're going to either try to slide it into maybe another bill, or they're going to come at it in a different way. Clearly they didn't have, um, you know, like I say, their, their pencil sharpened like they needed to, but if, and when this comes back, um, you know, what, what are some things in your mind and, and maybe even thinking um, more strategically from a California base, what are some things we need to be thinking about or doing, um, again, to, to, to ensure that this does not pass in the future? Well, I always, um, I'm a, obviously through my position through BHA, I'm a huge supporter of conservation. And just because my political involvement with BHA doesn't mean I'm not a member of multiple um, other conservation groups, you know, I'm, I'm a member of California Deer Association, California Waterfowl Association, uh, Mule Deer Foundation. I mean, I've, I've got all these little random cards in my wallet that, that say I'm a member. And um, mm-hmm. just being involved and w- when you see those emails come out about these things, be involved, contact your state senators and tell them that you, know, you support hunting and, and you support sound um, wildlife management through science and You know, after, like right now, I'm encouraging people, contact your state senator again and let them know. Thank you for for pulling that bill and uh, and speaking up on behalf of hunters and 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 our wildlife. So uh, people just need to keep it on the on the radar. And just remember, just because we won this battle now, the war still goes on. Mm -hmm. And don't don't let this be a death by a thousand cuts. You know, keep it keep vigilant. Keep your eye on things and and support conservation. I think that's the overall, overall goal. I, w- I would tell people to make sure when this comes up again, yeah. because it will just make sure that you're aware and uh, you're vocal again. Yeah. I, I, the other thing, you know, people have asked me like, what else can I do? And, you know, obviously there's the, you know, contact your, like say your state senator's representatives, but you know, I told people, I said, go buy a bear tag, right? Go support what we're doing. Right. And also share the narrative that, you know, bear populations, um, you know, in the estimates in terms of the data that you showed, right, they're very stable and they're increasing. And so I think that's an important narrative that that's not shared and not shared enough and not made public enough. And uh, people need to know that people need to know that there's a lot of success and, and all that success has happened based on to your point, good wildlife management, conservation by hunters, um, you know, biology at work, all of that stuff coupled together is why the black bear populations have increased over the past 25 years. And that's the story that needs to be shared. That's a narrative that needs to be shared, right? Not the fact that global warming and wildfires have, have made it, you know, just an unprecedented time for black bears. I mean, come on, you got to come at this a little differently than that. So anyway, that's what I tell people, Hey man, go buy a black bear tag. And if you go hunt or not, you know what, put one in your pocket, 30, 40 bucks. And to your point, if you're hunting Northern California, you're probably going to have a crack at a bear anyway, when you would a legal buck. So uh, but no, good feedback. I think getting involved is important, um, you know, and whether it's um, voicing your opinion or to your, to your point, 
you know, paying 35, 50 bucks a year to an organization for them to, you know, be an advocate for you, I think is important too. So good feedback, buddy. Um, wanted to segue a little bit. So, and, and again, the, the whole black bear thing, I think is, you know, obviously the crux of the conversation, but you've kind of brought up an interesting subject, uh, and I, and you have personal experience with it. You, you drew basically a once in a lifetime elk tag last year, which I remember when you drew that and our, my buddy Brad's like, Hey man, Nick drew a, um, a marble mountain Roosevelt elk tag in Siskiyou forest. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Right. And so you drew the tag, you had the hunt, you had a great time. You shot a good bull, but there was this whole world happening around us around wildfires and forest closures and a lot of things happening that could have actually, um, you know, you know, damaged that hunt for you and potentially did for other people. And, and I guess I'm curious to hear, um, kind of, um, you know, your experience there, kind of your feedback on that. And then if there's anything, you know, we can be doing, cause right now I know of forests and wilderness that are still closed in this general area. And I'm not convinced it's still about fires. If it's about erosion, okay, I can get there. But um, I think there's different agendas around why fi- you know forests are closed right now. But interesting to hear your perspective on that. Yeah. So um, kind of going back to that that elk tag, that was a uh, that was pretty uh, pretty epic to to be so lucky and and, uh, and draw it. You know, um, our our uh, our odds on that tag are, are few and far between and my buddy and i drew that with only five points so to, to draw a party tag for such a rare you know, people sitting I, I like you were talking about you're sitting on max points and you haven't been lucky enough and i my buddy and i drew that with uh, with only five was awesome but um that we drew that and uh, we go up there in september and there were some fires around us and interesting interestingly enough i was able to shoot mine on opening day um due to the warm weather i usually like to do my own butchering but i had to i had to basically load it up in my friend's truck and um my plan we're hunting outside of an area um where a fire had just picked off and just as luck would have it the butcher i was planning on taking it to um his house burned down which is Mm. terrible for him um so I ended up having to drive all the way over into the small town of Red Bluff in order to get my uh, meat butchered. And then when I came back, my friend was packing his out as Forest Service had just left to notify everybody that the forest was closed. So, and that was day two of, of the season. So there was a lot of people that were counting on having that, you know, tag that, they, they finally had all max points and they were able to draw that tag and basically had, had nowhere to hunt because of the uh, fire closures. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's, it's kind of a, it's a double-edged sword. I actually work as a firefighter and, but I'm also into conservation and our public lands. And what I hate to see is, is our public lands and, and the managing of it have a trigger point to where, whether it be a red flag condition or, or so many, so many fire resources are committed to other fires that, that they close the forest down. Um, we've been talking about this a lot at BHA level because there's a lot of our members um, lost their opportunity to hunt in their zones and, you know, lost not just for elk or, or sheep or things like that, but just, just a, a lot of people don't have the money and the ability to go out of state. So they really rely on, uh, on the resident, you know, deer tag and they weren't able to do that. So 
we really want to see uh, a more freedom-based approach to see if that, that would be more successful than, than a closure of things like banning no HV use or banning cooking fires or, or campfires, things like that, you know, having road closure instead of, instead of banning the, the whole use of the, of the national forest. Mm-hmm. So very, very hot topic right now. Um, our members still are, are contacting us like, Hey, we haven't forgot that, that my hunting spot was closed this year. What's BHA doing about it? And at the BHA level, we're, we're forming an op-ed piece that's going to, that we're sending out to various newspapers, but in the same end, we're also trying to get together and meet with some of those um, forest managing agencies and make sure this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So is it, uh, to me, there's obviously, I mean, you've got all the different tiers here. You've got, you know, the Bureau of Land Management, you've got National Forest Service. I mean, you've got all the different, um, both state and federal, I guess you call them agencies, but so like BLM, like a lot of the fire restrictions or temporary, like public land closures. Um, I get it. I mean, they're probably doing a lot of it to reduce the risk of the wildfires and the, and really to protect the public. I mean, I get that. And, you know, and what we're seeing now from a lot of the, um, you know, utility companies, if we know we're going to have high winds and storms, we're going to turn your power off because we can't afford to be sued for, you know, you know, 20, you know, billion dollars because of the last, you know, forest fire that we don't know whether we caused it or not. Right. But oftentimes these measures, you know, really focus on human related activities, like you said. So campfires, um, off-road driving, like you said, OHV use, um, recreational target shooting is another one that I know is, is big and kind of a hot topic. Um, and again, a lot of those are really, you know, probably the number one cause of wildfires and, and or a lot of human related activities that things that you and I like to do. And to your point, I mean, okay, so they can go ban OHV use. Well, okay, I got two legs. I'm going to throw on a pack and I'll go spend three, four days, you know, out in the wilderness or in the forest. That's not a problem, but you and I are, you know, probably the, the upper, you know, three to 5% right, that do that stuff. So this impacts a huge group of people. And to your point, there's a lot of people that A, physically can't go do that, or B, don't have the money to go out of state. So they rely on, you know, like you said, their resident hunting license and the tags that they have in the state uh, to do this. But, um, you know, it's it's concerning to me because I'm looking at it from my standpoint, you know, and you and I were talking last week. I mean, there's there's forest and wilderness that's still closed here. and, And I mean, literally the gate is shut it's locked. It's got a big padlock on it, closed indefinitely, you know, due to wildfires. It's like, okay, we just got like, you know, the Pineapple Express rain shower, like, you know, a week ago. It's like, I'm pretty sure fires aren't an issue anymore. Um, but now they talk about, you know, the erosion and all the problems with that. So it, it's like, when does this ever end? Right. And, and now's the best time to go, you know, recreate and we can't go do that stuff. And oh, by the way, like, you know, basically like 90% of the central coast where I live is private land. So how do you go do a lot of those activities? So it is an emerging issue and a concern. And, and, um, I think it's, it's, it's worthy of, you know, the fight that you guys are putting into it. And to your point, there's not a lot people can do other than really voice their opinions and, and speak up about the subject. So, um, it's, it, it's a, it's a real life issue that, uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people really truly understand either. No, and you're correct. And through wildfire just doesn't affect, um, how do I want to phrase this? It's not just the potential to have a fire. You could have an area where 
a fire goes through and there might be like you talked about erosion or or roads that are washed out what a lot of people don't understand is that um the forest service is extremely backlogged on on basic road maintenance i know some of the access areas i go um the road's like a washboard the whole way and mm-hmm. there's concrete and that's broken up and rocks in the road and trees that are falling and stuff like that um so hopefully through the great american outdoors act that was passed we'll start to see a lot of this backlogged um maintenance that that needs to happen for our roads and, and our trail access start to relieve some of that but right now you know i mean it's i, I know i i believe actually uh like areas in the angels national forest is still closed up to uh to a lot of people um for the wildfire issue and it's it's definitely on our radar it's something we're working on we're trying to meet with the land managers and um you know try to get the stuff opened up so people can go out and then enjoy the public lands again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, in a, in a time we're living in right now under these circumstances, you know, a lot of people want to go out and go do stuff, right. They can't go to Disneyland anymore. You can't go watch a ball game, you know, in San Francisco, watch the giants play. There's, you can't go watch a concert anymore. There's so much you can't do, but something you can go do is you can go out and recreate. Right. And then when the fires happen, you know, the, the forests and the, in the, in the wilderness and, you know, the public lands get closed. So then it, it really starts to lock down on people where they can't go out and, and do a lot of the things they love to do. And, you know, I kind of fell into that too. I mean, I, a lot of the good places I like to deer hunt, all public land, um, ended up getting closed because of a couple big fires that kind of swept through, you know, so it, it does impact, um, you know, people's right to go do the, the things that they like to do. And especially, like I say, in an unprecedented time right now where you can't go do a lot of the things that you like to do. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's concerning. And, and to your point, there's a lot of funding issues, you know, like you say, um, the backlogs of maintenance and, and things at the state. I mean, we're already talking about a, a state with a fiscal unresponsible, you know, process. Uh, and, and we're trying to get a lot of stuff done and, and it's just so much stuff that's stacking up. But, um, anyway, it, it's an interesting conversation. I think it pairs well with, um, kind of our, our original topic because, you know, these are all things that, uh, you know, people need to be vocal about and, and people need to step up and, and, uh, it's amazing when you get enough people together, um, you know, the, the amount of mass movement that you can get and happen. And, and that's kind of what I said, you know, when I saw a post about, um, you know, the kind of the, the bear repeal and all that. And I said, you know, the masses spoke and it worked, you know, and, and it's pretty amazing when you get um, a group of people together, um, what you can do in a short amount of time. And again, having um, companies like, you know, you guys, organizations like you guys and, and others that are really on our side, um, you know, pushing and pushing and pushing is important. So yeah, I mean, in, in only a few days, twenty-seven thousand people contacting their their politician. I mean, that's that's not a small number. And imagine if that bill kept going forward, how many people would have contacted? So, I mean, the writing on the wall was there for them. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's like like we keep talking about. You know, it's it's death by a thousand cuts, and we we won this battle, but the war goes on. So, just everybody just needs to be vigilant and and really you know, keeping their eye on the prize here and making sure that, that, um, they're staying involved and that, you know, they're, they're supporting conservation and, and buying those tags like they keep doing, make sure that our, uh, California department of wildlife, uh, fish and wildlife ends up keeping the funding and, and we keep our bear hunt going. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so Nick, so so no shows this year. You know, usually you and I connect to shows or there's no rendezvous going on. It's all kind of virtual stuff. What is there what what's kind of going on, I guess, in the BHA world or what do you guys is there any information you can share, things you guys are talking about, things you guys are trying to do, kind of amidst the whole virtual world, non uh, in person contact stuff? Yeah, so unfortunately with well on the event side, COVID kinda we had a lot of events planned. Um and we had like a beer, deer, and gear. We had a whole bunch of pint nights, some archery shoots, and that that kind of got kicked to the wayside due to uh, do all the COVID stuff. So we're looking in some um, we're looking in some virtual stuff right now. Um, we're trying to plan like a um, a virtual bear uh, cooking event. Um, kind of, kind of, I guess you would say uh, riding on the coattails of of uh, Senate Bill two five two going mm-hmm. down, but. That definitely got a lot of people's um, interest peaked on on bears. So we want to make sure that people go out and buy their bear tags and end up harvesting a bear. Now, now what are you going to do with it? Well, here's mm-hmm. some recipes, and here's here's how you can process a bear. Um, that's on our radar. We're definitely we've been kind of focusing um, away from the events and kind of really going along the policy side of things, along with the uh, fire closures that we talked about. Um, we're we're really trying to look into more like things around habitat watch we have people that that are in different parts of the state that are kind of keeping an eye on um, different national forests for us so if there's an issue with like trail closures and things like that make sure we keep public access open we have a bunch of us for example like around Sutter county near yuba city um, we're looking into some closures there We're, we're really working also with through our r3 the the our hunter retention recruitment um lines and really just trying to get more people out there and and where there's where there's a bad situation there's also opportunity so a lot of people bought license and tags this year because like you said you're not going to a giants game well let's go out and outdoors and enjoy it so mm-hmm. um we're really trying to get our hunter numbers up and have people enjoy hunting instead of instead of watching the Giants. You know, yeah. you can do both of those things, but for sure, um, we, we definitely want you to go out in the woods and enjoy it if you haven't done that before. Um, we're looking into starting our first collegiate chapter uh, for BHA here in the state, and we're really trying to do more like a regional model because BHA as a whole is in different states. With with the you look at some place like Montana where the majority is going to live around uh, Missoula and Bozeman. Well, the entire population of Montana would basically reside in a small area like Fresno, for example. So for us, um, really trying to have a manageable size um, for different population zones is definitely on our radar uh, at the California level anyway for BHA. So Mm -hmm. this is all stuff we're working on if we can't do big events. But you'll start seeing us roll out events again as, um, as COVID starts to go away and county restrictions in, in different areas start to die down a little bit. And then you'll start seeing us do pint nights again. And mm-hmm. you'll start seeing us do things like um, storytelling events, archery events, fishing events, stuff like that. So I would just encourage people, if you're interested in any of that, um, go on our social media or just sign up for our, our um, email alerts and then you, you can stay tuned. Cool. Well, I think, uh, you know, on that front, I think, I think we're seeing a little bit turn in the corner. I mean, cases are still, 
you know, happening and, and all that. But I, I, w- at least the data that I'm seeing, um, you know, kind of from our, a work standpoint is we are seeing, you know, we saw the spike in October, November, we're starting to see kind of it turn again now, um, you know, kind of decreasing now, still in high tiers, and it's all a tiered system. But hopefully, as um, the governor released the stay at home order, um, and, you know, obviously, as vaccines start to become more available, and I think I heard immunity piece to this as well happens. I mean, you, you can't stop an invisible virus. That's the thing. And I think the reality people need to understand is, is that either going to get it or you're going to get vaccinated for it. But at the same time, as, as that continues to happen, I think we're going to see more stuff opening up. I'm actually seeing more of that happening here on the Central Coast and, um, you know, more restaurants opening for limited capacity indoor seating. So, there's signs of, um, I would say, a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel in this. And with that brings, um, you know, the ability for get togethers, like you said, and a lot of things that you guys do. So, um, you know, hopefully we're, like I say, we're, we're, we're past the, the near term part of this, but, um, you know, who knows, right? It's been kind of a crazy ride for the last year. And um, just hopeful that, uh, you know, there's an ability for us to all get together at some point again. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, Nick, man, it's good talking to you. I appreciate uh, your insight. Um, just kind of bringing, a, like I said, kind of a, a different perspective to this. You know, I think we've all got our, I would call it unconscious bias on a lot of different things and where we stand with stuff. But um, kind of, I think what I take away today is, you know, clearly, um, you know, contact your state senators and representatives, both on the front end and the in the in the back end of this thing you know, speak your mind up front, thank them for, for what they're doing. But at the same time, um, you know, having the boots on the ground, I think in, in California, um, is what's going to really ensure, um, you know, that we continue to defeat a bill like this or any bills in the future. But more, more importantly than that, that we're protecting, you know, our freedom to hunt, our freedom to recreate the, you know, to do the things that, you know, we've done, um, for a lot of years. So, um, you know, thanks for your support. Thanks for the work that you guys do. Um, you know, this platform helps um, push that narrative out to a pretty large basis of people. Um, a lot of subscribers, a lot of people listen. So I think it's important that um, we do this kind of stuff to, again, promote, um, you know, the positive, successful narrative and things that are happening versus all the negative. So thanks for coming on, man. No, I appreciate you having me on and, uh, and getting the word out because without without people like you uh, helping out and being vocal um, the word definitely is isn't going to get out there so you know having having people that have a platform like yours in order to to get the word out and bring people like me on to concert you know any type of conservation work in order to tell people what they can do and get involved to make sure that um, something like this doesn't go through is extremely important so mm-hmm. really appreciate you having me on thank you yeah, man. And then just kind of lastly, if, if someone was interested in either signing up, I mean, what's the best way to get involved in BHA or is it so, through social media? Is it through the website? What's just for the listeners to know if they first time listening to this here, have never heard of BHA, what's the best way for someone to get involved? Yeah. So if you go on uh, backcountry hunters uh, and anglers, uh, we have a website. And then if you scroll down to the bottom, you can actually, you'll see the map of the United States. And then if you click on California, you'll kind of see everything that we're up to, uh, events, policies, anything that might affect um, your public land or, or, or wildlife access, then it, it'll be on there. We have a blog. Um, there's obviously go to the site. You can 
we'd love to have you sign up as a member. If you're not ready to do that, you can join the email alert list and then we'll bring you up, uh, up to speed. If anything like, uh, like the Senate bill 252 goes through again. So th- that's what I always recommend to people. You know, if, if you're not money right now is especially tight. So if you're not ready to become a member, at least you can check out the website and, and be involved and, and stay alert. Awesome, man. Thanks. We'll check out the website. Um, appreciate you having you on. And, and uh, again, from your perspective, coming from the, the chair of the California chapter, um, you know, I think it's important that, like I say, we we have a voice, we, we talk about it, uh, and we push this narrative is, is, is really what's going to get us through and, 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 and be successful in, in when these types of bills and different initiatives get thrown our way. So anyway, man, thanks, thanks for coming on. Appreciate having you. And uh, yeah, stay in touch, man. Absolutely. Thanks again. Hey everyone, this is Lucas Paw, host of the RNA Outdoors podcast. Please check out Podbean and iTunes. If you have an iPhone or iPad, go to the podcast app on your device, search for RNA Outdoors, and hit the purple subscribe button. When doing this, it will automatically upload when new podcasts are loaded and they will download into your queue. For Android users, you can access the podcast through Podbean, Stitcher, or use our website www.rnaoutdoors.com forward slash podcast. In addition, under the RNA Outdoors podcast channel, please leave a review and a five-star rating. These reviews help boost our popularity and outreach. You can also follow us on our social media outlets, Twitter at RNA Outdoors, Facebook, RNA Outdoors, and Instagram, Rod and Arrow Outdoors. All links are in the show notes as well. If you like what you've heard, we hope you'll pass along our channel to your friends and colleagues. Keep up the good fight. We cannot sit by and watch the public lands devoted to wildlife protection wither away. There's simply too much at stake. Make your voice heard, speak up, and get involved with conservation efforts. And know that every little bit helps. As we say on the mountain, go farther, stay longer.